Hello family, you are tuned into Divine Discourse with Pastor David Spencer and I am excited, humbled really, that you have chosen to spend this time with me. Let the discourse begin. Nehemiah 4, verses 16 through 18. Nehemiah 4, verses 16 through 18. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. Verse 16 reads, From that day on, half of my man did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bowls, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. Those who carried materials did their work with, with one hand and in the other hand held a weapon. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. From a topic today, for a topic today, I would like to speak from equipped to work equipped to work according to the united states census bureau four thousand churches close their doors every year according to the united states census bureau four thousand churches close their doors every year that is four thousand churches that have decided that the cost of ministry is too great that is 4,000 churches each year across America that have decided that the weight of their assignment is just too heavy. We are in a season where it is better to shut the doors than to deal with people and their issues. It's easier to throw in the towel than it is to run on and see what the end will be. The weight of it all sometimes gets too heavy. Now understand, this is not an indictment of those churches. I believe these 4,000 churches are full of good men and good women of God who are trying their best to be a light in dark places. Trying their best to do what they have been commissioned by God to do. But First Baptist Church, you know firsthand and understand fully that ministry is not easy. The pages of history have recorded your triumphs as well as your challenges. Every victory and every loss is etched in your memory. Every battle is there for you to replay in your minds. But listen, you did not get here without facing some adversity. You did not get where you are without your share of ups and downs. You did not get here without wanting to cry sometimes. But I'm here to declare that you made it with the Lord on your side. And even though 4,000 churches close their doors every year, I am so glad to report that First Baptist Church is one of the ones that made it. 
Listen, there is a church in Bladenboro, North Carolina that has been lifting up the name of Jesus. There is a body of believers who have worked together, sacrificed, and pulled your resources and have decided that you would do whatever it takes to fulfill your assignment. First Baptist Church has been a pillar in this community. I heard about you. A place where the lost can run in and be saved. A place where they can experience a move of God. A place where they can be introduced to a loving Savior and their lives changed forever. There is a church called First Baptist in Bladenboro, North Carolina that has been committed to loving God and serving all God's children. But I'm here to declare on this morning that there is more. God is not finished with First Baptist yet. This next season is going to be greater. This next iteration is going to blow your mind. But as you begin to navigate this moment, your success is contingent on your ability to work with the hammer in one hand and carry a sword in the other. And listen, to get the job done, you're going to need both a hammer and a sword. And this brings me to the text. Nehemiah in sharing the story of what his people were able to accomplish in rebuilding the walls. He gives us insight and provides clarity about what type of people, what type of believers, and what type of church First Baptist has to be. And the first thing you have to do is make up your mind. Come on, look at your neighbor. You're going to help me preach it this morning. Say, I got to make up my mind. Listen, after spending 70 years in exile, 70 years in bondage, 70 years as slaves working for someone else, the Israelites finally get to return to Jerusalem. And as you can imagine, 70 years is a long time to be away from your home and to be away from your property. And because the Israelites had not occupied this space for 70 years, the fields are now overgrown. Many of the structures and the buildings need attention. They are deteriorating in the temple where they used to praise and worship God is gone. And now they are living under the constant threat of invasion because they are surrounded by their enemies and they don't have walls. Now, Nehemiah, he hears about this peculiar situation in Jerusalem, and he reasons in his mind that if his people are to survive, if they're going to make it, then they must rebuild the walls. So he travels to Jerusalem and he shares his vision with the people and he goes on record in verses and he records these words. The people had a mind to work. Nehemiah had the vision, but it was the people that had a mind to work. Nehemiah couldn't do it all by himself. He needed the people to get it in their mind that we have some work to do. Now listen, Nehemiah, he didn't have a staff like Moses. He didn't have the strength of Samson. He didn't have the wisdom of Solomon. He didn't have a fancy coat like Joseph. He didn't have the ability like Jesus to turn water into wine. But what did he have? He had a vision and he had a people with a mind 
to work. And God is saying in this season, don't wait for divine intervention. Don't wait for a check in the mail. Don't wait for someone else and come to do this thing for you. If you want to see it happen, this time you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and make up your mind that we're going to get to work. And so number one, you got to make up your mind and we're moving. Number two, you got to pick up your hammer. Got to pick up your hammer. Just like the Israelites, First Baptist, you are standing at the crossroad of who you have been and who you are destined to become. You're standing at the intersection of your past and you're staring into your future. On one side is who you were and on the other side is who you are destined to become. And while you are standing there, you have this hammer in your hand. And guess what? It's up to you to find somewhere to swing it. You have to ask yourself, where is the nail? Where is the nail that needs my attention? Where is the nail that needs my hammer? Listen, opportunity is all around us. There's a lot of work to do, and the only way it's going to get done is if you pick up your hammer and find the nail that needs your attention. Listen, your hammer is your ideas. Your hammer is your experience. Your hammer is your expertise. Your hammer is your education. Your hammer is your creativity. Your hammer is your innovation. Your hammer is your time and your talents. Your hammer is your skill, your talents, and your gifts. It's up to you to find what requires your hammer. Listen, from the beginning of the Bible, we're introduced to God creating. We see him operating in purpose, bringing order to chaos. We see him working. And listen, the Bible tells us that we are created in the image of God. And I often say we look most like him when we are creating, when we are building and putting things together, literally taking nothing and turning it into something. It's by divine design that the master architect gave each and every one of us something to do. He gave us something to accomplish. And once you have made up your mind, the next thing to do is to just pick up your hammer and find the nail. Pick up your hammer and you got to make up your mind that I'm going to get to work. So number one, make up your mind. Number two, pick up your hammer. And we're moving. Number three, pick up your sword. You got to have that sword in the other hand. Now, some of you may be wondering, Minister Reverend David, why do I need a sword? I understand the hammer, but I don't quite understand why I need to pick up a, a, a sword or a weapon. I don't see an army outside, and we ain't trying to cut anybody, not really, and we ain't trying to go to war. So why are you telling me I need to pick up this sword and, and, and put a weapon in my hand? Listen, I'm so glad you asked. Let's go to the text. In Ephesians 6 and 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so what that tells me, even though you sometimes don't see a physical enemy, the enemy is real. And he is watching. 
As soon as you make up your mind to get to work and you start swinging your hammer, the enemy is going to get upset. The enemy does not want you to succeed. The devil does not want to see progress in the kingdom. He doesn't want to see progress in the region. He doesn't want to see progress in First Baptist. Now listen, as soon as you start swinging that hammer, he's coming to steal your peace. He's coming to steal your joy, your strength, and your tenacity. And listen, the only protection that you have against this enemy is your sword. And the Bible says the sword is the word of God. The word of God is what's going to make the difference. The word of God is your assurance and your insurance. And the Bible says it this way. The word of God is quick. It's powerful, and here it is, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God is your weapon. The Word of God is your sword. Listen, when you feel like nothing is going your way, you got to pick up your sword and remind yourself that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Listen, I don't care how bad it gets, God has already worked that thing out. When the burdens of life seem to weigh you down, pick up your sword and tell that mountain it's got to move. Tell that mountain to get out of my way. Tell that mountain to get behind me. I have faith the size of a mustard seed and that's all I need to move this mountain. It's in the word. That mountain has got to move. Listen, I don't know what your mountain is on this morning. I don't even care what your mountain is. All I know that God is big enough to move the mountain. There's not a mountain that is big enough for God to handle. Because why? There's nothing that is too hard for God. Listen, if there's sickness in your body, what you got to do is pick up your Bible. Pick up the sword and declare by his stripes, I am healed his stripes he says I'm already healed that thing is already worked out listen late in the midnight hour when you feel like all hope is gone when the enemy has you locked up and chained up you feel like you are chained up and locked up and you feel like giving up pick up your sword and you gotta do what Paul and Silas did you gotta open up your mouth and begin to sing and to praise God and talk about the goodness of Jesus. You gotta open your mouth and testify about the goodness of God. Because listen, all it takes is a thought. All you have to do is go back and remember and say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's already done for me, that's enough to remind me that his record is impeccable. I tell it a lot, his record is impeccable. If he did it before, he can do it again. His record is enough to remind me that if he did it before, he's going to come and see about me. God will loose the chains and set the captives free. When you can't see a way out of no way, and you look around and all you see is darkness, you got to pick up your sword and tell that devil, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, thy sword is there to comfort me. Listen, he walks with me. 
and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thy anointest my head with oil. You know the verse, my cup runneth over. And because of this, I believe that we can't lose. The enemies, they better watch out. Because goodness and mercy, it's a combination. Mercy and goodness, it shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen on this morning, put the enemy on notice. Tell him that I have a mind to work. That I will do whatever it takes. I will find the nail that needs my hammer. I will go the distance. I have made up in my mind that I'm going to see what the end will be. And now I picked up my hammer and I said, show me the nail. I need an assignment. Show me what, I, what you need me to do. What needs my talents? What needs my gift? What needs my voice in this situation? God, if you tell me to do it, I will swing my nail until the job is done. I won't turn around. And then the last thing you got to do is make sure you have your sword in the other hand. Because the enemy is coming like a thief in the night. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to take your mind. He wants to shift your tenacity. He wants to take your attention. But you got to say, devil, you can't have my joy. Devil, you can't take my peace. God, I love you and you're with me. And the devil, you're, you're not going to win in this. Listen, you got to have your sword. You got to hide that word in your heart. And when it's necessary, you can't be afraid to use the word of God. You can't be afraid to use the word of God. And all you got to do is say, God, here I am. Here I am. I've made up my mind. I made up my mind. I have my hammer. I have my hammer. I have a mind. I have a hammer and I have a sword. And I made up in my mind that I'm going to do what you have called me to do. First Baptist, God has called you to be a ministry that's still relevant, that's, that's still capable of reaching this community. There is still work for you to do. And all you have to do on today is renew your mind. Make up that mind. Pick up your hammer and say, what nail needs our attention? And then we're going to get in this word so we can speak word to a, a dead situation. We can speak life to a dead situation. And God, you will be glorified because of that. Do you believe that on this morning? Come on, do you believe that on this morning? Is that your declaration that I'm available? If the deacons don't want to go, I'm, I'm available. I have a hammer. If the pastor doesn't want to do it, I have some gifts, some talents. I can get the job done. Are you saying I am available on this morning to get it done? I believe we have a people here with a mind, a mind to work. So I'm expecting great things from First Baptist Church in Bladenboro, North Carolina. Can you stand? Hey family, thank you for tuning in to Divine Discourse with Pastor David Spencer. I hope it was time well spent and that something was said that touched your life. Until we meet again, I speak blessings over you, your family, and everyone connected to you. Be blessed.